0: I did, too. I like that intro. That yeah. was good.
1: Well, you must have dug to find that picture of me and the alien in the night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good job. Good job. She lost her voice. I, Jen, there you go.
2: Good evening and welcome to Jason Prophecy on the and Radio Network, FM 105.3 in New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nicasi, along with my co-host, Sean Kelly. Jason I. Petro is not here, and the fabulous John Venturi is again here joining us. Hi,
0: hey, John. Hi, hey, John. Good to, you good to see you guys. Good to
2: see you guys. Good to see you all. I hope everybody had a great and fantastic
1: weekend. I know I did. Hey, at this angle, does my forearms look like Popeye?
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Otto Schwarzenegger's got competition here.
0: <laughs> my my weekend, my weekend was okay. I worked. Well, um, that's good. Yeah, everything's all right, and just I won. Um, same as
1: weekend?
0: usual.
1: That's good. I, I told you guys that a lightning strike near my house right blew my projector. Oh no. no! Home home theater, yeah. So uh, they finally repair it, send it to Sony. Uh, it took a month, and then he hooks everything up, and the receiver's not working. Oh, so no. I had to run out and get a new <clears> receiver. <throat> I tell you, I got <throat> I got no luck with electronics. How long <clears throat> ago was that, John?
0: It, it was about five weeks ago that it. Okay, shrugged. and yeah. I believe that Mercury was in retrograde too yeah, at the they, time. Yeah, they said we just got out of it. Is
2: that
0: right? October second.
2: Wow. Well, I had a fabulous weekend. I spent the weekend with my um, my grandson and his He's cute. family, and He's that's why cute. I got my new hat. So I got two new hats. <laughs> so I'm excited. Yeah, it was a fun weekend. <laughs> but getting back to some weird stuff, I don't know about you guys, but there's just a lot of weird stuff going out there in the atmosphere. And I don't know if it has something to do with Mercury retrograde or just that we're entering a new, I don't know, a new fall um, with a lot of weird stuff, that maybe there's some portals or dimensions that are opened up. <clears throat> but we're going to talk a lot about some interesting UFO stuff with some former uh, MUFON investigators. Um, so, John, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests for us tonight?
1: Yeah, our guests are Fred and Kathy Lane, who uh, I met oh, probably 10, if not 11 years ago. Uh, They joined MUFON and they became field investigators for me out of Erie. That's where they live up in Erie, PA. And uh, Fred went on to become a state section director for the area. And uh, they were part of the abduction research team for, I think, three or four years. And uh, then they left that maybe two years ago. So uh, really interesting people. And, you know, I, I just ran up there and I went to a baseball game about a month ago. So they met me at the stadium up there, the Erie uh, SeaWolves, and we we they made it actually to the championship for Double A. So it was cool. So I got friends all over the country, all <laughs> over the world. I, you know, I went to Scotland and I I had uh, a four-hour lunch with the editor of Phenomenon Magazine because I Ooh. write articles for them. So yeah, it's cool. You know, this field has. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day because my son's trying to move to St. Louis to be near his sister and I'll probably follow. And I say, you know, I really got a lot of friends in Pennsylvania, whether it's politically or paranormally.
2: <laughs> so you're li- you're gonna move to St.
1: Louis? I think eventually I will, uh, you know, but not now. Not not now. And you I'll both miss your you.
2: children live there. Yeah, we'll miss I'll you. I'll miss you. Well four
1: grandkids will be there. You know, and, you we know, think about selling your house, it's cheaper to just go fly and see them. Between what you pay to real estate and the moving van, you might as well stay where you are and just fly. So that's
2: where are they where are they
1: near in St. Louis? Uh, St. Charles, which is right the county right next to St. Louis. You know, they uh that's it would be like uh you know, living in Monroeville. That's how close you'd be. They're 20 miles. They're 20 miles from St. Louis. Thank so so uh, yeah, that's but it's would a real Bible belt area, you know, uh even more so than here. The Midwest is different than anywhere else. You know, I mean, those, yeah. you know, seven, eight states, they're very honest, religious people. And, you know, in a lot of ways, kind of naive. But, you know, that's OK. <laughs> naive, OK. <laughs> I think I think they are. You know, they're not exposed <clears throat> to a lot. Yeah, you know, not like me. I grew up in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Queens. You know, it was like, You're, I was like. My...
2: New York is really turning into Gotham City.
1: It is. I was an adult at like eight years old, nine years old. I think I could have ran a business at twelve. <laughs> you know. So all right, let's bring
3: friend Kathy on.
2: Okay, welcome to Chasing Prophecy.
3: Good night, Fred. How you doing? Hello. Hello. I, I'd like to say a couple of things about John? Okay. Yes, please. When he first, <laughs> when he first came up to Erie, and uh, we went to a ball game, and because he was trying to decide whether or not. He wanted to do a, a, a oh, conference. Here. Uh, I know. We were happening. walking back up from the stadium, and I said, "John, um, we're going to give at least a thousand dollars to charity out of this conference." He never batted an eye, and it was okay. And we raised almost twelve thousand awesome. dollars for charities here with these yeah. conferences. And the other thing I want to say is, John, thinking about you and kilts. It's disturbing at best. <laughs> <laughs> I thought
1: you, when you said up in Erie in a ball game, I thought you were going to say you had me throw out the first pitch and I threw it, I couldn't, I didn't throw a strike. I threw a one hopper to the catcher to his right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to mention that job, but as long as you did, it was terrible. Now <laughs> it's
1: out there. Now it's. Oh, out my there. goodness. Hey, uh, in the news, I just saw a flash on the side of my computer. Did Loretta Lynn pass away? Yes, did she I? did. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, just saw I see another little news flash here. Brad Pitt choked one of his kids. Oh, what? God. Wow. Well, didn't kill him, but I guess he got, he got angry. It kind of shook him a little bit. Did you know? hear about
3: Aaron Judge? He hit 62 tonight. Oh, he did. Did he really? Okay, good. Good. Go good.
1: Good. Hey, before we get into your background, let me tell you this, Fred. Uh, <clears throat> I was on the phone today with a Mufon a former Mufon board member okay and you I think you probably recognized the person uh, when I was on their board 10 years ago and uh so we're talking and out of his mouth comes and it was kind of unexpected he said John this whole UFO field is demonic you were right when you started saying that back in 2015 I'm just telling you, I know, and we'll get into this a little bit because Fred Fred, and I are on polar opposites of the, the you know, religious and God question. But, I'm, you know, this is another person that has switched sides and, and you know, you talk about a, a MUFON board member and uh, not anymore. He's not on the board anymore. But
3: you're not supposed to be smoking that stuff, John.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You know what happened, uh, Fred? Uh, I think he got exposed to some things, uh, real bad luck and different things. And it it really opened his eyes to how so many people, you know, we've talked about and done episodes on the number of people in the UFO field that passed away prematurely, right? And, And there's a number of people that just run into the worst luck different things happen you know beyond their control and you know and something like that i think uh, is what happened to this person and he said john it's just to me that the, there's a huge demonic influence in, in it but the second thing i want to bring up to you is do you follow at all the congressional hearings on ufos and that lou elizondo and you know talking you know how you know, they've created this new group that's going to be in charge of, uh, you know, investigating UAPs.
3: Yeah. Like well, you- I, you know, let me say let me say this about that, John. Um, uh, the CIA, they don't let stuff like that out unless they have a reason for it. Well, I agree. I agree. And, and I'm wondering if whether or not uh, what the Sumerians said about uh, the Anunnaki, because they said they would be back. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they're trying to um, indoctrinate people so that, you know, when they show up, they don't freak out.
1: Or there's some huge false flag thing coming and the government's going to use the UFO thing as uh, superior beings are saying this or telling us this. Now, whether we actually ever see them or not, that might be, you know, a, another yeah, well, deal. But but let me tell you what the, the point I wanted to make was um, that, you know who Lou Elizondo is, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. He three weeks ago, he does an interview and he, he the, th- the title of it is Lou Elizondo wants to blow up ufology. And then you read the article, he says he wants to kill the UFO field, hmm. which is something I heard about three, four years ago when they came out with that whole Academy to the Stars and TTS and all of that stuff where they're taking over the field. Right. So he says that there is, uh, we're not qualified. Move, you know, he didn't say Mufon, but he's saying the groups out there and the people out there are not qualified. This should be done by government scientists and, like, blue book. Let's say it should be a blue book thing with no no private groups or individuals out there involved in ufology i mean how is that for like a communist version of ufo (laughs) of ufology where they control it well think about it fred they're going to control the narrative and the investigations and the proof and we're not allowed to like i live in a free country i think
3: well you know john they've been i mean they've said for years that they haven't been i've got a shirt that says Doing the Air Force's job since yeah. 1969. Yeah. They would say, oh, no, we don't, we aren't interested in this. Is a, and yet, there's Elizondo coming out and saying, yeah, there was a program, ATIP, and it's been around for a long time. Yeah. So, they, I mean, anything that's coming into our, our airspace, believe me, the, the, uh, they're not uh, they're not ignoring them. Well, and, they, and they would like to get their hands on it you know another thing john i was talking with um nick redfern a few weeks ago and we were talking about the the, the triangles that are people seeing yeah mm-hmm. i said amazing i said i'm wondering if the triangles are something that we back engineered from the from ufo crashes and well, we're actually flying them
1: well you remember the bucks county case right uh remember uh, denise with the metallic sprinkles in the tree mm-hmm. it was on television a couple of different times yeah. with With her and I, 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 I'm convinced at this point that that's the TR-3B. It was a triangular craft with a light on the three corners and a different colored large one in the middle. And, uh, you know, at the time, I didn't know that in 08, but uh, maybe in 2013, I discovered the Aurora project and TR-3B matched right up with it. But that would yeah. be ours. That's a government. That's a government. Well, didn't
2: the Air Force go to and ask MUFON to do their investigations? That's what I thought in the beginning it was. Was it the Star Team?
1: Uh well that that was uh in oh eight, oh maybe 09, 09 into ten. Harry Reid got funding from the Defense Department and funneled it through uh Robert Bigelow into Mufon. It mm-hmm. was uh I can't a couple of million dollars, you know, and he gave eight hundred thousand dollars to MUFON to pay for our expenses to go out and stay in a hotel, rent a car, and do investigations. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, you know, I think um um Alexander was wrong about blowing up the the uh, MUFON and that because the more eyes you have on the sky, the better off you are. Well,
1: I agree, but you, you know they they're thinking of government control. Well, they don't yeah. want. They don't want protesters, you know, they don't want mm-hmm. a, a, a dissenting opinion on anybody else looking into this. And, and uh, I was talking to that board member and he said to me he was watching those congressional hearings on the UAPs a couple of weeks ago. And, and he said a Navy person said the people and organizations that investigate this and make up stories, they should be prosecuted. So who do you think they're targeting? Who do you think they're going to target? It's going to be MUFON and the investigators. You know, and and I, I tell you who they should go after first, and I'm not in favor of them going after anybody, is this whole ancient alien thing. If you want to target a group that's making up stuff, it's the whole ancient alien group. But they, well, not, they shouldn't be targeting anybody because we yeah. live in a free country. John, I totally yeah.
3: disagree, disagree with you. And I don't know if the, if you have read, I, I know you have, I'm not sure if the other two people here have read as Zechariah Sitchin's uh, Genesis Revisited. When you do, you realize that the book of Genesis is a retelling of an ancient Sumerian tale where beings came here, they needed primitive workers and they're discussing it. And one of the, the, the what they believe was a scientist said, the creature you named already exists. All we have to do is bind upon it our image. Remember the Bible said, God said, let us make man in our image. Yeah. The reason it's plural is because it's taken from this story. And it goes in great detail about how he makes a clay vessel. Remember God drew in the clay? He makes a clay vessel. He puts the egg and the seed into it. And he puts it into the house where life is breathed in. Remember God breathed life into the clay. Mm-hmm. And then he takes it out. He inserts it into his wife's womb. And 10 months later, the birth goddesses come and deliver the child. And she holds it up, and he says, "What do you call the creature?" She says, "This is not a creature; it's a sentient being, and we should call him Adamu, A D M U, first man." And okay. later on, he takes he, later on he takes the the woman that he creates, and he puts them both into the Garden of Eden. And when he's walking through one day, he sees them, and he wants to know why she's not pregnant. He says, "Your brother Enlil, who is the military commander of the expedition, didn't want that." And okay. This guy by the name of his name was Anki. He, he goes and he tells him about childbirth. And on. Well, he had several nicknames. One was he who knows oil and the other was he who knows water. But the third nickname he had was the serpent. And oh. there's the talking snake in the garden. There is no devil. There is no God. This is what they were talking about. And, and as you go through the Bible where they're talking about, oh, God said, is it? no, no, he didn't. Look at, um, look at uh, 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 what's his name? Um, Ezekiel. Uh, one of the NASA scientists, who, the engineers who do designed the landing gear for Apollo, went to see uh, uh, Eric Van and talk about this. And he decided he was going to prove Van Daniken wrong because he was a Christian. So he works and he works and he builds what he thinks Ezekiel saw. He gets a patent on it. It would fly. Mm-hmm. And, I unknown, so. and unknown to him, an Austrian engineer, he took the second book because Ezekiel was told to build something. And he builds what he believes that Ezekiel was told to build. And the two of them get their models together and the flying machine fits right into the to the thing that the, the Austrian built. So there you have a, a thing where this isn't God talking, this is somebody else. Somebody you, else.
1: You know, in the in the, Maha, the Mahabharata, is a, there is a Vamana, which is the name of a craft, that's and it's right. a whole diagram of it, and 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 yeah. and they rebuilt it, and it flies, you know. And, and they are they, make, are they using
3: are they using mercury, John? Because that's what the at the bottom of the
1: that was mentioned. Know. Yeah, that yeah. was mentioned in the Mahabharata, as, right. and and solar panels. It's really an interesting yeah. read. And, it really and, is. And how to avoid, it is an interesting yes, it is. How to avoid bird strikes when you're flying? Uh, you got to wonder how
3: the hell who may, how would they know that? You, you know,
1: yeah.
3: um well and- John look at the Baghdad battery. How yeah. would they possibly know that you can plate metal and uh, with electricity? How would they even know about electricity? I think, I think
2: why don't you, could- you explain to our audience what you're talking about, the Baghdad? Battery
1: or whatever it is.
2: We don't use planes. Me and Sean, we have never heard of yeah, that. No, no, no. we
1: know. Fred and I know all about this stuff. I We're know. Not you not.
3: We're not explaining anything no, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 there's, they have that stuff in books. <laughs> Actually, the Baghdad battery is a, is a um, I can't see your Oh, it's an earthenware jar about this big. Okay, and inside hmm. of it, they would put uh, wine or vinegar. Okay. Then they would mm-hmm. put a um, a core, a metal core, down in it, and it would produce electricity, and they would use that to plate some of their their objects that they had. Mm-hmm.
1: They also think so the
3: that question is, might... the question is: How would they know that?
1: They also yeah, how would they know that? They also think that uh, when you look at the pyramids, you know, once you go down one aisle you know and then turn and so how'd they get the light in there like the paint and drawer everything so they think the battery and they actually invented a bulb also you know that 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 was probably they had to light it somehow and there's no like sooth sooth marks you know from holding uh torches, torches and i don't even know if there'd be enough oxygen in there so, and they you know they tested mirrors and it really didn't work to to refract it three four times yeah. to get down. So, but here's the thing, you know, uh, you know, for every how did they do this? There's another answer. But you know, I think we were actually smarter back then than we are now. I think we're de-evolving. I, I I'm not even joking about. I I really believe. That humans were smarter previously. They, you know, they they told us this 10,000 BC thing where we evolved from apes and we're getting smarter and smarter as we go along. I don't believe that. I think we were smarter then, you know, because I believe we were created. But even if we were uh, genetically engineered, we were smarter then. And each generation, due to mutations and interbreeding, we're losing some of some of that intelligence. So that's how they invented some of these things. Uh, I think I think if we could meet somebody back then, they didn't have technology, I think they were very, very intelligent. Well, you, you, know what ago. John, you
3: mentioned the pyramids, and um, um, where I worked, we had a lot of different engineering companies, mm-hmm. and four of them had uh, Egyptian engineers, okay? Mm. And so the job that I had, I was able to talk with them. So one time they were, it was after Friday Egyptian? Afternoon. You speak Egyptian? Yeah,
1: they were no. Egyptian. Yeah.
3: No, no, you speak Egyptian. Do you speak? Do Egyptian? I speak Egyptian? <laughs> uh, no, I speak hieroglyphic. Oh, I'm okay. Fluent so, in that. Did, and, so uh,
1: you created a, you, sign language.
3: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, we were talking and I asked them who built the pyramids. Yeah. And they said, we have no idea. since it wasn't the Egyptians. He, says, well, the, no, of course. he said, one, one of the guys made a good point. He says, you know, the ramps, right? He says, if you had a ramp that went up one foot for every ten, a very gradual slope, in order to pull a seventy-ton block up uh, two hundred feet in the air, he said that that uh, uh, ramp would be almost a mile long and composed of more material than's actually in the pyramids. Not only that, but because the, the very tip of the pyramid is directly, and I mean exactly directly above the base, the only way to do that. Is to have all sides of the pyramids visible at all times, and you can't do that if you have big ramps. Oh, I agree. We didn't. We work. didn't build that, and there's even no, mathematical. So, and and they weren't smarter, John. They weren't. Do you weren't. you know about Gobekli Tepe? Do you, people know about Gobekli Tepe?
2: I do. No, yeah, please join
3: our audience. Twelve thousand years old, and it was purposely buried. And he, and I, it, it, I advise you to go and look at these things. These are huge pillars. And on these pillars are animals carved in relief. On these pillars, and this is twelve thousand. We were hunter gatherers twelve thousand years ago. Uh, and, and who would have? And these things are twenty feet tall. They 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 they're spread out over a, a, a square mile. Who had the technology to bury them at a height of twenty feet twelve thousand years ago?
1: You know, I might be getting that mixed up with Baalbek in Lebanon. Let's go back to Leppe. Oh, oh, the temple,
3: the temple of Baal. Um, what, where's uh, it located? Happy's about a hundred miles away from Mount Ararat.
1: Okay, so that's in the Middle East too. Right, but uh, Baalbek,
3: is in, Baalbek is in Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon. A-
1: but Baalbek has that uh, this carved block that's twelve hundred tons. Twelve hundred yeah. tons. We they even said we can't mm-hmm. move that with cranes. And and it also has on it. If you look at the uh, platform, there's one in place already, and it's about thirty feet high. Placed and it's yeah. on, the, on smaller blocks. How'd they okay. get it up there? I yeah. mean, you're talking about some twelve hundred tons. How did they, so? I don't believe we built any of that. And that was a uh, you know a temple to some god or, or whatever. Well, the it only there. way they could
3: be built, John, is if somebody was using something that was anti gravity. So well, the they, only, yeah.
1: I agree i don't think they piled up so, sand no so i don't i don't think i don't think
3: the i don't think the ancient people had anti gravity i just i'm just I saying agree. no I agree. of
2: course they didn't was somebody from outer space came down well, Sumer, the The Sumer, with Was Sumerian race was they were i believe aliens i mean offsprings of
1: some extraterrestrial out there well, let me throw huh. the old uh, you know the alternative view in and uh you know all, Those things that are said from Sumeria. Well, first of all, I spoke with uh, Michael Heiser, who's a theologian. Uh, You might recognize the name. And I asked him about uh, Sitchin. And he says, other people that interpret Sumerian cuneiform writing does not see what Sitchin saw. That Sitchin Mm -hmm. was very um, liberal, a word you'll like liberal in his interpretations.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, I, Fred, I hate Fred, you, John. I hate Fred is, you. Fred's a far left, then I'm a far right oh, no. no. So oh, we're yeah. gonna go at it tonight. No. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, and that's the thing that's funny. Um John and I are good friends and, and we and we you know and we kid around at it. You know, John, I wonder why the rest of the world can't be like that.
1: Well yeah. True, I, I don't hold it against yeah. you. I agree, I
3: agree. <laughs> oh no I, I don't either, John. I know you pray for me, and I just go, on oh, Jesus. <laughs> well,
1: I say I won. I won. You said, oh, Jesus,
0: I won. <laughs>
3: uh, well, you know, like I said, John, if the Old Testament isn't true, and it's not, uh, because, you see, they picked they picked what books that they wanted in there to agree with their theology.
1: Because
3: the book of Enoch is not in there, and yet Enoch was the father of Methuselah. And Methuselah yes. was the father of Lamech, and Lamech was the father of Noah, and well, Noah. Well, the
2: Book of Enoch that was in the Old Testament.
3: Oh, he's only mentioned once. The whole book is not there, and yeah, it's the only it. book where it's the only book where Enoch says, "I did this, I saw this, I went here." He talks about beings. He talks about beings called the Watchers.
2: Yeah, the Watchers. They're the, they're the. the little the, the evil guys, the demons. They would have the no, just played with
3: the women. You know, what? you know, you know where they in the Bible where it says that the, 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 uh, the, uh, the angels were cast out of heaven,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? Try landing party. Landing party.
1: That's well, what they weren't
3: evil. They weren't devils. They were a landing party.
0: This is this so they're the, from, a, they're the, uh, from a different and Lucifer Lucifer, Lucifer was the general, yeah. I'm telling <laughs> you, that was the general. You want to hear my theory?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Yes, okay, we want to hear your
0: theory, theory, Sean. Yeah, you don't like it, but I'm going to say it. Yes. If you look at the Bible, right? I did a show on this on my other show, Into the Night. Lucifer's only mentioned one time in that Bible. <clears throat> one time. And that was from a prophet. Now, I believe that Lucifer was sent out of heaven to keep an eye on Satan that was in hell. That was my me.
3: belief. Know where the word heaven comes from? No. Well, the Nephilim, okay, basically that translates to those who came down from the sky. But when it's translated into the Arabic, they don't have a word for that. So they used heaven, and that's where it actually comes from. So they they, they weren't coming down from heaven, they were coming down from a ship.
2: Yeah. Let me say this. And you got to remember,
3: these people that are seeing them, they don't even have the wheel yet. And here people are coming down in these ships, and that's why. When you see these uh, these uh, carvings and these relief of the of the um, of the um, uh, Anunnaki, they they have wings. Well, well they, they didn't really they didn't really have wings. Just like, our, just, like our, just like our pilots, they don't really have wings, but they have little wings on their shirts and they can fly in aircraft, and but that's they, the only way they could say that these people had the uh, the, the uh, ability to fly. And 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 by the way, NK. He loved to travel. He loved to sail and travel, and he's an American. He flew, and he's probably the one who was went to South America because they call him Quetzalcoatl, right? Well, I agree.
1: I think the serpent.
3: Remember, he he was the serpent in the garden, and they call him the winged serpent. And if you look at these reliefs, they're all carrying these little bags, these little handbags. And it doesn't matter whether it's Europe or Africa or the Middle East or South America; all of them are shown holding these bags just like our astronauts do when they're walking to the space, uh, when they're walking to the rocket with their little uh, uh, portable uh, units, um, mm-hmm. uh, life support units.
1: Oh, I thought they had Tang in those.
3: You know, yeah, you should <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so they invented Tang in the you, know you, know?
3: you know, I talked to Edgar Mitchell, the six-man-to-walk on the moon. They hated Tang. <laughs> Sorry,
1: you know, I used to, have to drink
3: Tang as a kid. You remember of that you back, did back not. in the 70s? Look at you now, John. You're younger than me, and I got all my hair, and you don't, yeah, talk to me but, I'm a great, but I'm in great shape. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I had a stroke. Give me a break.
1: I know. I know. Hey, uh, hey. but you know, think about this. You you talk about that story, Adamu, Adam. You know, you had your first couple of generations there that you named, so now they tell the story. And it changes a little bit because you know they separated in ten different directions, and this one calls him Adam, this one calls him Adamu. You know, this says this, but the storyline is fairly similar. So the Sumerians told that story first, you know. Then it got to Israel, and they put it in the Old Testament. But it's still the same story, even if, uh, if the wording is a little bit different. It's the same story. Well,
3: re- remember Genesis, you know. Um, um, Oh my God! I can't think that uh, he came from where he led. He led, he led the the, the uh, Jews out of um, out of uh, Moses? Babylon. Moses. Not Moses. He um. God, the guys. The guys, on the anyway. When he brings them back to the Promised Land, it's fifty years later that they write Genesis. Okay. And they can't remember the whole story, so they make up. The, so they they what they had, and that's why it seems so disjointed. That's why um, the sun is created before light. And, and it it's because they couldn't remember the whole... You know, I'm sure you all played the game Telephone. Well, or God just somebody, created... Somebody tells you a story, and then you have to tell it to the next person, the next yeah. person, the next person, and find the last person relates the story. It has a little bit, a few words, a few ideas, but basically it's, it's a different story.
1: Yeah, well, the, you know, you look at... Lost uh, in Translation. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, some of it is, but if you look at, like, India... Uh, you know they've been there. Their Mahabharata, etc., is three thousand years written, but it goes back five, six thousand years. So, so it's two, three thousand years word of mouth, and then until they're able actually to write, and then you have a written account. So, you know, who knows how much of it changed over those years? You yeah, know? exactly,
3: John. That's exactly my point. But the storyline
1: is still basically the same. And, and so,
3: see, religion's a cult, John. Okay. You know, drink my drink my blood, eat my flesh. It's a cult, John. Jesus.
1: It's there's a lot, there's symbolism in that. And it, it's the cult, occult, John. the occult takes the opposite of the religious side and turns it into something else. And it's always the opposite. You well, know, well, you 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 always have
3: have a, John, you always have to have a bad guy in the story. I mean, look at Moses, look at Moses when he goes up on the mountain, right? Yeah. And great fire and smoke descend on the mountain, and he was told to keep the people away. Why? Why would he be told? He to did want keep, them to get you, burned. Get burned, yeah. Get burned from the engine, the ship's engines. And when he comes back down the, to uh, to give him the Ten Commandments, you remember what he looked like? His skin, his skin was pale and waxy, and his hair was white. And he he looked was like Sean. He, he, looked he looked like he, Sean
1: <laughs> Kelly when he came down
3: from the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> a little long a hair. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. so, Moses, Moses.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that was that was um, that was radiation poisoning, and that's why he was told he would not. See the promised land.
1: Let me let me tell you something, though. The, you know, Van Van if God
3: really wanted, if he really wanted to talk to the Israelites, why didn't he appear in the sky as a giant talking head?
1: That would have scared the crap out of
3: him. Oh. <laughs> that would have scared me. It's the that's same what, way. That's what, that's what religion does, John. Right.
1: It's the same way you think about Egypt and they had their gods, mm-hmm. those eight foot tall human bodies with bird heads and animal heads. They brought them out. Those things were real. That is not some, you know, crafting of rock. I mean, those things came out and that's crowd control. You you wonder why people stayed in slavery for a thousand years, whatever they were. You know, they brought those things out and everybody just got down on their knees. What would you do? You saw an eight foot guy with a jackal head or a bird head. (laughs) You know, that was crowd control is what it was. But let me tell you for a second about Van Daniken, right? My buddy, Van Daniken, who I did the ancient alien conference with in 2012. And I think I was one of the few people on the panel that weren't on the cast, you know. But Van Daniken, uh, and this is my, my interpretation too, he's, he he spent three years in prison for embezzlement, right? And when he was in prison, he wrote the second book of, of his, you know, line of books that that he had. I believe the devil in that prison cell was whispering all this stuff in his ear about ancient aliens and, and all of that, you know, as a, it, it's almost like evolution, just another way to get people not to believe in creation. So if that don't work, you know, with with, you know, with Darwin, we're going to tell people that there are aliens out there that created us. And, and that's what I believe with Van Daniken. I think mm-hmm. that guy is demonically possessed. And I think Maybe. that he
3: created this story. No, it's just
1: another way not to believe in God.
3: I think your earphones are on too tight,
1: John. I,
0: so, I, <laughs> you know, uh,
1: you know. I dropped my earphone right at the um, start of the show, and it, the whole thing came apart—the wires and everything. I had to press it back in. So, but I'm sure.
0: Well, hey,
3: wait, let's to, get back to the beginning. I wanted to ask you how you got started in this field. Oh well, this well, how we got started was when we moved into the house that I grew up in. My neighborhood is more inner city now, and these kids—the only thing they talked about was that what well, they were either going to be in the NFL or the NBA. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I said to Kath, Kath, we got to do something. we got to change this. So what we did, we started what we called Wild Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. And what we would do is bring uh, speakers in to talk to these kids up at the Lighthouse Park. And then we'd give them uh, some books, you know, that they could go and read and that. And um, then we started a library on our front porch. We had something like 300 books on our front porch. And once a week, the kids could come over and get a book. And if they couldn't read, we taught them how to read. Well, anyway, one of the guys we brought up was Robin Swope. And Swope um, was talking about UFOs, and and I was telling him about seeing the object over the peninsula that uh, back in '66,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and he said, uh, you know, there's a conference going on down in Pittsburgh, and so he gave us the the um, <laughs> the information, and that's when we came down and we saw you there. But yeah. where I actually really got interested in, I was in the fourth grade, Mrs. Gallagher, and. Uh, they had a library it was a catholic school but they had a library and in the library there was this ufo book and i took it out and i read it and i was just fascinated with it so i checked it out the next week and the next week after that we were we were leaving for the summer and i never returned it so hmm. and then somewhere i still have that book and i believe i owe the catholic church about seventy five thousand dollars in fees i'm not in sure
1: back fees. it's oh, probably yeah. in your your collection on the porch but you know he sure he. <laughs> He has these books there that the neighborhood kids can come and read and, and and his wife was a principal and they've done a real good job with these I don't call them, you know to me inner city kids I grew up in Brooklyn Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> you you don't have inner city kids, but it's similar you know yeah, uh, well, privileged kids let's say. the uh, other
3: thing we did too is we got a uh, we got a power lawn because yeah. we have boulevards on the street and I showed the kids how to use them, gave them safety glasses and stuff and those kids would cut the boulevards. And they would get the. I bought these green shirts, and they would sweep the neighborhood, and pick up every good. piece of paper and stuff. And they 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 got to learn how to work and how to um, look up at the sky and not just you know. Well, anyway, of the eight kids that we started out with, the that grew up, um, all of them graduated from high school. Two of them graduated with honors, and they all have jobs now. Good, good. You no, know?
1: yeah, I mean you did a great and job. That's really that, nice.
3: And yeah. we changed the neighborhood, and we also started a little group because we had some problems. So the guy that lives next door to me is a, is a, a black man, and the guy that lives across the street is a Puerto Rican. And uh, we started the Three Amigos. And the very <laughs> first thing we did was we noticed that there's a, there's an apartment building up, up, a few houses up from us. And we noticed all these guys walking into the, the place, and they had uh, uh, license plates from Texas and Louisiana and Mississippi and uh, Minnesota. And I, and I said to Jermaine, I said, Jesus, what? I said, something's wrong here. Something's very wrong here. So I said, we need to keep our eye out. So we watched it. We watched it. One day, undercover cop goes in. He comes out and he drops his bag of cocaine. Mm. And we saw him. And we called the, the chief of police and we said, listen, you've got exactly 48 hours to get that woman out of the building or somebody's going to lose their freaking job. I didn't use freaking. Um, <laughs> and and 24 hours later she was gone and I told the 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 uh, the head of the um, uh, the guy who owned the building I said don't you ever put anybody like that in there again I said or I'm going to come visit you and you will not like me when I'm angry oh you know, you know and, Fred- yeah. and 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 after that um, uh, the, we just kind of cleaned the neighborhood up and um, and and then like I said Swope told me and I went down and And saw met you and and, and convinced you to come up to Erie.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't read my first UFO book till I was 41. Really? Yeah. I had no interest
0: in that one learned how to read, John. (laughs) Yeah, it took me that long to
1: because I was reading, I was trying to read Sumerian tablets. That's (laughs) why I didn't I had no interest in UFOs. I went to Horror Cons, Comic Cons. I collected famous monsters of film land. If you remember, it oh, was a great magazine, wasn't it, John? Yeah, yeah. I, I got it. like from I have issued 24 to like 140, you know, I still got wow. them, but yeah. I had no interest in UFOs until I was like 41 when I joined MUFON. you know. Oh. So tell us about the Prescow Island case yes. and the conference we did. Yeah. Uh Isle, not
4: Prescow <laughs> Island. It's not Pres- an Pres- island. Pen- Prescow? R-E-S-Q-U-E Isle I S L E Prescott. Oh, it's not an
1: Island. It's just Isle. It's not an
4: think. island, no. It's, it's not man. like Manhattan.
1: Well, Manhattan's not an isle. It, it, I guess it is an island. Yeah, yes, Manhattan's it is. an island. Because it, yeah, it's not connected to the Bronx or anything. You, so. you tell them <laughs> what
4: happened.
1: Okay. All right,
3: tell us about Isle. Okay, nineteen sixty-six. Um, uh, four people, and let me read them out, read the names here. Um, Douglas Tibbetts. Betty Kelm, Betty was 16 at the time, Uh, Anita Haefely and Gerald LaBelle. And they were out on the peninsula for the day and it got to be, you know, six o'clock or so. And uh, they decided it was time to go. So they went out got in their car and the car gets stuck in the sand and they can't get it out. So um, LaBelle gets out and he starts to walk to the the ranger station to try, try to get some help and it's a long walk and he's gone for a long time well anyway they see this object come down and they see it, it it's uh, it's it's kind of hovering and it's showing lights that that, that are sweeping the ground and it lands about oh, three hundred yards away from them and um they um they they're they're kind of spooked and the, the other guy, he gets out of the car. Tibbetts gets out of the car, and he starts to walk down on the beach. And he says, Jesus, I, there's something there. And so they, they, they see the park rangers. or uh, the, the Tibbetts walks. He finally gets to the, to the station. And he tells them, he says, well, on our rounds, if, we, if they're still there, he says, we'll stop. So when they stop, um, uh, they tell him what's going on. And he and the, the troopers and the other uh, guy go out onto the beach and they're walking around and they're looking and they see these these impressions in the sand, these big triangular impressions. And if you know anything about sand, you know you gotta be pretty heavy to leave indentations in sand. Wasn't right?
1: there a gooey substance in those footprints? Yeah, there
3: was there was something on the ground. They picked it up and they never identified it. They never identified oh, it. The so Air Force. Then, yeah, the Air Force took it. Because the air force, the air force hears about it and they show up, you know. And then, um, uh, as they're as they're out on the beach, the girls all of a sudden they see this creature, and it stands up. It's about six six foot six six seven big thing, and it starts walking towards the car, and it's walking towards the car and something, and it starts to scratch the car, the roof of the car. The one woman is absolutely hysterical. The other woman is scared to death and and they hear them screaming and they and they rush back and they tell them about this creature and and uh, uh, what what he did and they see the scratches on the roof of the car. Anyway they won't let him move the car then they want the car to stay there and then uh, there's the FBI came in and the
4: next day they, no, yeah, the, the next day the Air Force showed up and took samples of whatever the fluid was of some kind they took it with them they took the pictures and they reported it to project blue book
3: project blue book yeah.
4: and according to that to the cases ten seven ninety eight or something yeah. it's still classified as un- unresolved yeah they yeah. never said that it was a hoax they didn't say what yeah. it
3: was yeah. But it was one of the first times that, that you had the Bigfoot creature, which we, what we're calling Bigfoot, we don't know what it was, along with the UFO sighting. And, of course, in and, 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 as years go by, those, John, you know yourself, those incidents of seeing the, the, the a craft and then seeing one of these creatures um, got more and more frequent.
1: Yeah. You know, here's oh. something interesting, Fred, is that was probably the first Bigfoot UFO case in Pennsylvania in 66. There was... Another one in 73. But Project Blue Book and the Air Force showed up, and it's documented and all of that. Now, let me ask you this. Kecksburg is considered the biggest PA case. Presco is number two. Carbondale is number three, right? Blue Book never showed up. It was the year before, 19th December of 65. Mm-hmm. Six months, eight months before, they never showed up for Kecksburg. Why do you think that was? It's, it's not in Blue Book. They never showed up.
3: Yeah, I don't know why. because
2: they were involved in it. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: absolutely. That's what well, I know, think. I you know, think, they were yeah. talking about the writing that was on that 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 thing in Kexburg, and I just was wondering whether or not it was Russian.
1: Well, the, you know, Fred. You know, Fred Saluga, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, Fred. Was, by the way, uh, he's actually doing a lot better. You know, a couple right. of years ago, he was. Boy, I thought he wasn't even going to make it. You know, he when he broke his. Is I don't know, he broke his hip and he, his arm. I mean, his breathing was so bad, but he's doing fine now. But, you know, he took a real good look at Kexberg. He's convinced it's that uh, Soviet Cosmos 96. Uh, you know, I I looked at it with that engineer, and it, it matched up to spy satellites that we were uh, launching out of Johnson Island. And Stan Gordon, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't really say it's alien, but he does, you know, pretty much imply that it was an alien craft. But, uh, yeah, just... Uh, it seems odd that blue book never showed up for that one yeah. there's no documentation you know, that, that tells me they know it was a satellite whether it was Russian or ours and they recovered it and they had to get it out of there as quickly
3: as possible yeah. and they, were, they were there pretty quickly too after it 40, came minutes, down. 40 minutes 40 yeah. minutes they were there it didn't, yeah, yeah didn't take long. In year, yeah. they
4: didn't show up until the next day yeah.
1: yeah and they you know the park police or whatever were uh, making casts. They were pouring that white stuff for casts. Right, yeah. and, and the Air Force guys took the casts, right? They right. took, they took, tried to take all Did the prints. Yeah. They kicked sand into the prints to cover it all up. You know, I mean, that was, uh, I think it was actually the best case in Pennsylvania was Prescott, you know, was the number one case. But you saw, didn't you see it? You were, were, were you yeah. sitting well, in? I, you were
3: outside? What was going yeah, on? I, 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 you know, back then you could walk around the neighborhood at all times of the night because nobody was you know and people left their doors unlocked i mean it was a different time i know and um i happened to go out for a walk it was around i don't know 9 30 10 o'clock something like that and i walked down to the to the uh, lighthouse because it's only uh, two blocks away from me and i walked up there and i saw this object over the, the peninsula just about where <laughs> beach six would have been and it was um oh i want to say a like a dime held at arm's length okay That's kind of what it looked like. It was reddish. And um, I'm watching it, and all of a sudden I hear jets, and I look up, and there's a couple jets up there, and they got about halfway there, and this thing just went boom, and it was gone. Just like that. So it must have been whatever it was they saw out on the peninsula.
1: Yeah, and then in uh, 2016, six years ago, uh, we, we did the Erie conference up there and we we got how many of the witnesses did were we able to get I mean, gentlemen. Gentlemen. We got
4: the two gentlemen. Uh the women they lost track of themselves. Yeah. But uh Tibbets and uh Labelle both came into Erie and had that little round table discussion yeah. and their story hadn't varied. Yeah. They, it, they recounted exactly what they had told the park police and the state police hmm. and the Air Force.
1: And then we were able to find other people who came forward, right? Then more people yeah. came forward and said, Right. I, I, said I saw it also, you know? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Something like eight people, th- they had accurate record of seeing something at the yeah. same time.
1: You know, it's interesting when you said they didn't change their story. In 2015, I went to Stan Gordon's Kecksburg, uh 50th uh, anniversary thing uh-huh. at the fire department, and they had they had about a dozen of them. They all got up and they told what they told, and I, I a couple of times I raised my I said, wait a second, that's that's a different story than what you told in Stan's video where it's all documented because uh-huh. I watched it before I went to the the 50th. Uh-huh. I wanted to have everything fresh and and and. I, I, you know, these people were like 80 years old at this point, and they, they like, they looked at me and their jaws dropped, and I just kind of dropped, you know, yeah. I don't want to embarrass them, I don't sure. want to criticize sure. them, but sure. there was twice that I raised my hand, I said, wait a minute, that's not what you said, you know, so then I just left it alone.
4: Well, what yeah. they said in, at our conference in Erie matched up with yeah. the, the newspaper articles we could find about it and everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would if say- you're listening in the audience and you have a question for Fred and Kathleen, please post it in the questions in the comment.
3: John, would you like to hear about a couple other cases we had that are pretty interesting? Yeah, 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 go ahead. Well, well let me start out with one was we were working on the experiencer team, and those are people who believe they've been abducted.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We had this one woman, and she was talking, and she was kind of crying, and, and she had been abducted since she was, uh, I think it was 12 years old. A young child. A yeah. young child. And finally, she was about 30 and she had just had it because she'd been abducted. So she found herself a house with a room that had no windows and she could lock the door from the inside. And since she moved in, put some big heavy locks on the door and uh, everything was fine for about two weeks. And then one morning she woke up on her kitchen floor wearing clothes that weren't hers and the room was locked, still locked from the inside. Yeah. And she was just. So we, you know, we had a, the ability to to uh, send her to a psychiatrist and to a support group that she could talk and maybe talk things out, you know, and uh, that's one of the more interesting things I thought. Kath, how about you?
4: Uh, from the experiencer, there, were there were several, yeah, but to go along, I, I have to temper that though. Some of the people we were talking to, we got to be able to tell the difference of the ones that truly believed. They were being abducted mm-hmm. and some that were just so far out there the, the story just kept going on and on and on to add more to it
1: yeah
4: it like they were looking for the attention how we many have,
2: of your cases with the experiencer would you say that was they're just delusional some of them, yeah. She's one yeah. to know how many,
3: yeah, oh,
2: geez. Like, would you say percentage um, of the people who we yeah. talked to quite a few of them? Does, uh,
3: does the word plethora? Have, <laughs> have
4: any? A I, I would say more, higher majority 70 percent, maybe. maybe, yeah. yeah. And wow. the other 30 were truly believed. Now, we can't say whether they were true or not, but. We believe that they—they they truly believe this is what happened. What? What
2: about the people who seem to think they see a—a um, a figure from the '40s um, that wears a blue, like a suit, and his name is Val Thor? Do you think that that is a real? I'm not familiar. Did you ever
3: hear of Val Thor? No. No, i am yeah. not familiar with that, John.
1: Okay, yeah, it's just a story. We had somebody on a couple of weeks ago, and oh. it's a story out of d c that he's from Venus, and he came with a couple of Venusians that look just like us, and uh you know they 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 actually spent three years at the Pentagon with eisenhower and and Nixon, and there's a photo of him and those two other people in a, at a Howard Menger's place. You know him; he was an abductee back then in New Jersey. So, you know, it. it, I don't particularly believe that story, but there's there's also
2: Ashtar Command, and so many (laughs) of these people think that they. That's
1: the problem, you know. Well, maybe that's why Lou Elizondo, when we started the show, said he's going to blow up ufology. And the Navy guy says anybody making up stories in this field should be prosecuted. Well, I don't think they should because you're allowed to write sci-fi stories, right? Yeah. So, you know, but that's part of the problem
3: in the field that somebody's gets so you know. Well, so anytime we go into real. a case anytime we go into a case, we go in as skeptics. you have to. You know, you have to. And and um we have um we got a chance to when we first got to be investigators what we did was uh, we found a couple of policemen that that we could talk to and we asked him when you're talking to somebody and you're interviewing them for a case uh, how do you tell if they're lying and he says well what we do he says is that we'll let them tell the story and at a certain point one of us will say now could you go back a second and and, yeah. and, and, and retell it and retell and then if they can't and if they have to go all the way back to the beginning and start the story all over again, we know they're probably lying. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know? mm. Well, you and, know the other thing too. When I did a lot of these interviews with Mufon, you know, you ask them what happened next, what happened next, and all of a sudden it's like they got to think, and you could tell that they're making stuff up. What do you mean? How mm-hmm. do you not know what happened next? You just had an alien in your living room, and you can't tell me what happened <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know it's not true. They can't tell you what happened next. But uh, uh, are there any other cases
4: that uh, come
1: to uh, mind? Yeah,
4: um, yeah, our first
3: one. yeah, our first one. that we that we have, we we uh, had was a really interesting case out on the peninsula.
4: Right here in area. Yeah, yeah, right, right. here in
3: Guy was out on the peninsula fishing. He was right near the Perry Monument, and um, he he was just got done and he was putting his gear away and he happened to look over and he saw this orange triangle just hovering above the monument about uh, five hundred feet. Something yeah, like that. That's and he he whoa! So he got in the truck and he went around this little bridge there. And he just went around and just went over there. And he's watching this thing as it starts to move. And he's watching it, and it's getting it starts heading out again towards the lake. And he noticed that the parking lot is full, but nobody's looking up. He's the only one, and he's trying to tell, but nobody's. They're all looking at their phones, or they're, but they're not. And he's the only one who sees it. And he follows this thing until he can't follow it anymore. He said it just disappeared out over the lake. And that's the first case that we had that we thought was a pretty credible case. He was a very credible witness. You know? Do you think
1: it, that's telepathic, though, if he's the only one that sees it in a crowd of people? Do you I, think it was, was it really there? Or do you think it was just a telepathic thing put in his head? Because I think that happens a lot. They target people.
3: Well, we interviewed mm-hmm. him and, and he was a very, he was very credible. He was very he down. He drew us a and picture. picture.
1: Well, I'm sure, he believed it, yeah. But I'm just saying the craft was probably put in his head. You know, I had also read and looking at these abductions that if you see a UFO, you had already been abducted at one point.
3: Mm-hmm. How oh, about how about the high school kid that goes out to the end of his drive? We
4: had one that had missing time. He was from the county, close to close to where we live, and um, he was getting ready for his high school graduation. He was already. Mom and dad were were still getting ready. So he went out in the driveway. They live in the county, which is darker and more uh, out in the country. And he's walking down the driveway, stops at the end of the driveway, looks up, and he says, it was like, it was a clear night, but all of a sudden he could see no stars or anything in the sky. What he saw, he described like mountains, but coming down from this thing that was blocking out the whole sky above him. And the next thing, it, it didn't do anything, it just sat there. Next thing, he <clears was> the <throat> north. the driveway faced north. Next thing he knows, he's facing south, the house. He hears his parents yelling his name, looking for him, looking for him. He's walking back, he says, what? They're yelling at him, where have you been? We've been looking for you. He says, Somebody's at the foot of the driveway. And he says, we have been walking around the house and the yard and the driveway for 15 minutes and you were nowhere. Hmm. And so this child, well, a senior in high school had 15 minutes of missing time.
1: You know, I had missing time about a month ago. I, I went outside to swear to go. Oh, we in trauma, John. Was was that? a whiskey uh, coma, John. Whiskey. I'm not a drinker, and you know that. Uh, <laughs> but know that. uh I went out to pull weeds and it was like next thing I know, it's an hour and forty minutes late. I said there's no way I was out here an hour and forty minutes. First one by Oh, you he, were.
2: You probably I, were. my back wouldn't <laughs> have held
1: up that long. But there's a question. Sean, you want to read that question from uh, Sebastian?
0: Yeah, uh Sebastian Moran wants to know uh if if the panel think about the dog man. What do you think about the dog, man, and werewolves? Thank you. Do you think they're real?
3: Uh, We
4: haven't done enough investigation investigation on them to really have an accurate... We we haven't
3: had anybody that's seen one in our, you know, in in the cases that we've covered. Right. So that's...
1: But that that creature in Prescow was probably a Bigfoot or something, right? That's it what was we were some thinking, kind of yeah.
3: cryptid, right? Because yeah, there's no bears or anything out there, so that's right. No bears up there. Uh,
4: we don't disbelieve that there are cryptids out there, so that would right. fall into dog man and and werewolves and that, you
3: know. See, we try to concentrate on on just the UFO part right. of it and that, because otherwise, you know, you can get go down a rabbit hole real quick. I, I heard
1: I heard Mufon at the last symposium. Uh, Steve Hudgens got up and said there's no more paranormal investigations, no more Bigfoot, none of that mm-hmm. stuff. It's strictly nuts and bolts, flying sauces. Did well, you that, hear that? No, no we, we didn't, didn't
4: hear, hear that, that, but that's always that's been our philosophy. Yeah, we yeah. we concentrate on yeah.
3: UFOs. Yeah, not, not, the, the, other, not that the other stuff doesn't exist or isn't out there. It's just that we choose to just concentrate yeah. on UFOs and what yeah. people are seeing. I energy.
1: heard he got a lot of pushback when he said that at the uh, state director's meeting. You know, yeah, and right. a lot of directors said, we'll investigate whatever's reported. Because there right. is a spot on the form that says entity, right? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so right. are you going to do, ignore it? I,
0: I have a question to ask. I want to know what your thoughts are. And I ask this to every UFO person that comes on our show. Why do you think the government is hiding a lot of this stuff from us?
3: Do With the UFO and alien stuff? Money. Money? Look, religion is used to control people, okay? Can you imagine what happens if all of a sudden we discovered that Genesis isn't real, that they're the ones that jumped his head? They've been here all along. They've been watching. Can you imagine what happens to worldwide religion? It goes away. And along with that, the money and the control and all of a sudden... People aren't going to be listening to the government much anymore. Okay. okay. You know, it's very see stuff. Knowledge is dangerous to a government. I don't care whether it's a democratic government or a, a fascist government. It doesn't matter. The truth is very dangerous to them. Okay. Right. Does that, does that answer your question. Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah.
2: Hey, Thank um, you, you know off. how you you're saying that. What would happen if they thought that Je- Genesis wasn't true? why? Why does it have to be untrue? Why does it have to meet like what makes you think that there can't be a connection between Genesis, the creation, and other universes out there that have other right. beings? Why can't it be this? Why can't there be that God created? Not only did he create the heavens and the earth and man, but why couldn't he have created other beings out there?
3: I mean, well, th- well, think about it for just just think about it for a second, okay? We're, a, we're less than a speck of dust in the universe, all right? And here's a being supposedly can just think things into existence. Then why would he get personally involved in the minutiae, which is our daily lives? Why would he keep screwing with us? Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Who who's screwing with us? God? Well, yeah. If, you, if 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 you believe that there's God, why did He pick this planet? We know that there's that. We know that there's. Well, God of-
2: created the heavens and the earth. He, according to Genesis, there was seven days. Okay. Now this is my theory. Now I'm sure other people feel the same way about it. God created, supposedly. You don't want to believe it, but like. God. Christians believe that God created man in His image. What if God created others that He wasn't perfected, or He did not like, and He put them someplace else in the universe? Why would instead, He instead of destroying something that He created? Because God Almighty, because He, he could- made this, and He didn't want to destroy something that He made. What? Why couldn't He have put uh, these other um, intelligent beings? Uh, in other parts of the universe, just like he put us here, but he didn't want to destroy them.
3: So, so, he, you, so did, he, did he go and get personally involved in their planets too? Because if so, he was, then he's been really busy. And, and if, if the being on the other planet is, is, is a green blob with four arms, is that what he looked like to them? With he green doesn't,
2: bombs? God oh. doesn't get personally involved in human beings. He gave human beings the choice to do whatever they want with their free lives,
3: will. Yeah.
1: free will. Yeah. Yeah but Fred, aren't you limiting God? I mean if God is God, he can because be involved God, with a believe, trillion
3: people. I don't believe in God, John. <laughs> I know
1: you don't. And, and I, and I, I pray for you. So you you're you you're, 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 you're
2: uh you're an no, atheist or are you an agnostic? Not uh which one I'm are you? Again. Are you 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 don't believe in God.
3: No. So you
2: uh an atheist or you uh I'm atheist. Okay, so you're a total atheist. You don't believe in anything that. Okay, so you don't have, you don't believe in a higher power. You just don't believe in anything. Like no,
4: I don't.
1: What about the okay. whole energy thing that like the Far East and the metaphysical that you die and the energy's recycled and you come back as somebody else? Do you believe in any of that, Or Do you think that when you die, it's over with, like a plant?
3: There you go, John. That's what you, you believe. Die, when you die, when you die, you go into the ground. And the plants eat you. Okay, that's it. And there's, you know, that's it, John. Well,
1: you either become soil and green or fertilizer.
3: There you go. There you go. So
2: you don't believe in ghosts or paranormal, like afterlife.
3: Uh, oh, I've, I've had several experiences with ghosts.
2: Well, so what do you think, ghosts are if you that there isn't a heaven and an earth? What I, are they just? I, they I, just
3: I don't know. I just don't so know. I'm afraid
1: you've had paranormal experiences.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? Tell us about one.
3: Um, I had a really good friend, and um, uh, how am I going to explain? Now it? he's
1: a ghost. You killed him?
3: No, no. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Miller. Yeah, we had a friend, uh, Miller Hicks, from up in uh, up in St. Catharines, and we were staying up with him at his house because he had stayed with us when he was going to school down here. And um, one night, I'm in bed, and I feel something tugging on the bed sheets at the bottom of the bed. And I rolled around and I moved and then it it was again. And I I looked up there's an old lady standing there. Okay. And then she was gone. And so the next day I said to Miller, I said, hey Miller, I said, where'd you get this house then? Oh, it was an old couple, he said, and and, uh, you're in the room that uh, the husband uh, was in and he was kind of sickly in that and uh, uh, I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." And he said, the, "One day, the, the wife went in and she was trying to wake him, and she was tugging on the, the bed sheets, but he'd already passed away. So, so whatever that was there, maybe it was the ghost of the old woman. I do. I don't know. And we chose know.
4: not to tell him the story. Yeah,
3: because Miller would have freaked right <laughs> out. Or you would just freaked right out. Another time, another time, friend of mine, um, and she had a. Um, she was married, but she had a uh, just a, good a good, another good friend, and he passed away suddenly, and she was just heartbroken, and so I went down to the funeral and and uh, down in Meadville, and I've been down there a lot of times, know my way around really well, and uh, so the, I paid my respects and I got in the car to drive home, and I'm driving, I'm thinking, where the Jesus, where the hell am I? And all of a sudden, I'm on Ellicott Road. Ellicott Road is where this guy lived.
4: Hmm.
3: And and but I does doesn't occur to me then. And I open up the map and I trying to see where I am. And I pulled the map down, and he's sitting in the seat next to me. Wow. He says, Take care of her. I said, I'll do my best. Yeah. You know?
1: So Fred, so, you, so to you? Are we taking a break right now? Yeah, we've taken yeah. a
2: commercial break. I uh, okay. wanna thanks Carnation Instant breakfast Breakfast on essentials and <laughs> making a wonderful product but thank you Carnation for sponsoring this second hour of Jason Prophecy and follow us on YouTube Facebook and if you think you'd be a great guest for the show definitely send us a message to Jason Prophecy Radio email.com or direct, direct message us on Facebook and if you have a question for Fred or Kathleen or John or Sean or myself please put them in the comments
0: So speaking of questions, right, Kathleen Wilson has two here.
2: Okay. first
0: question is, what about the idea that God doesn't make mistakes? And her second one, meaning why would he have liked something he created? I think she meant
2: what what I said. I think she's Mm -hmm. commenting about what I said when God, that was just my um, philosophy that, Maybe he created them and wasn't happy with them. So that's when he decided to make them in his own image. And he didn't want to destroy them. And he put them somewhere else in the universe. That's just Um, my philosophy. And that's how I explain UFOs and aliens and all the other stuff, Well, for
0: me, if we're talking about this, uh, I was raised Catholic all the way up to 12th grade. And then um, I got into recovery when I was 28 years old. And I've been sober for 31 years. And um, they tell us to find a higher power. And the only one I knew I didn't like because my wife was in shambles. Okay. So um, so I just came to the idea toward that there is something out there in the universe that has kept me sober every day for 31 years. You know, I can't say it's God. I can't say it's Jesus. I can't say nothing. There's something out there that's saving. So in um, PPS, too, um, we have a saying, uh, we will respect what you believe, just please respect what I believe, you know, so I mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And one more thing, my son, he's a scientist today. And when he was growing up, he did church every Sunday with his mom. He was an older boy a whole nine yards. And then he got into the scientific field in college, and he just completely, completely does not believe in God. But 70% has... of
1: the kids that go to college that were Christians no longer believe.
0: He that's said they go to college. He said he needs scientific proof that he exists. <laughs> so, but you know, I love him still. And if that's what he wants to believe and, and deal with, fine, that's cool. You know, I'm
1: all right with it. Uh, you know, the, the only question I got with God is, as I look at the world and things that happen, it almost is, you know, like yin and yang, a balance. It's almost like for every good thing that's done, there's a bad thing. You know, because I believe the devil's real, and you know, that's the only thing I question is that does God have to allow? Like if, if good things happen, then somewhere else bad things have to happen. It's, it, does God have as much power as we believe? Or is the devil almost equal? And, it's, and it's, it's always this give and take. You do this, I do this, you do this, I do this. I don't know. But, you know, God gave us free will. That's why slavery was wrong. That's why any time they want to control what you think and say is wrong, you have free will. You're free people. And uh, and, and and you know, and he, things are allowed to happen because even Hitler, six million people or, or 100, you know, probably 40 million people got killed in Europe. But from that, the world learns a lesson, right? To never do stuff like that again, you know. So, I, I guess he allows things to happen. That's you know, that's my view. I believe he gives uh, you free will, gives you choice. You, are you, are you, well, see, he gives you choice, but. They control circumstances that you're in. Like something happens. They made that happen. And then it's how you react to it is what they watch.
0: So basically, John, the government is pretending or not pretending. to Actually think that they are God or something like that. Well, I, um, I think,
1: you know, they want power. You know, it's like then in, in New York City, they said, your kids don't belong to the parents. They belong to the state. Well, I don't think so. You know, (laughs) I I don't think so. But I want to get back to Fred. Fred, you had two ghostly encounters, right? So do you believe in other dimensions? I mean, they had to come from somewhere. Um, Where do you think these things came
3: from? I just read something about a year ago where uh, researchers and and scientists and physicists, and I believe there's actually five separate dimensions. Okay. Um, Whether that's true or not, I don't know you know i just don't know there just isn't enough evidence to prove it you know and whether or not we can slip in and out of a dimension i john i just don't know yeah. i just don't know I, I i don't think they've really the research that they've done so far just inconclusive to me
1: i believe more in the interdimensional than i believe in uh extraterrestrial uh, i got well well let, let me i'm going to i'm going to lead you a little bit Fred here so so you said you believe that there's Many planets that are inhabited, and Mm -hmm. there's, who knows, you know, I don't want to say you didn't say trillions of people, but there's there's all kinds of civilizations out there, right? Right. So let me ask you this: you know, all the UFO stories, and they're here for abductions, for this and that. Why don't they just go to a planet closer to theirs and do that? Why, you know, because they said there's so many different races of coming. Maybe they have John. So they go to every single planet to uh, harvest
4: whatever's there.
3: Maybe, don't know.
4: How many countries have you been to, John? In your travels, yeah, countries probably about thirty. Well,
3: there you go, John. Maybe they this ship
4: that comes next maybe travels to thirty planets. Yeah, but (laughs) we have the technology to do it. We don't have the technology. If
1: they do, but you know, if I if like people say they want resources, they come here. Well, you know, I don't go to Italy to get spaghetti. I just go to Giant Eagle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, go where I go where it's closest. I'm not going to, what do I got to do? I'm not go there. You know what, John, I, I agree with
3: you because, you know, if you want material and stuff, you can just take any asteroid. Right. You
1: can mine, you can mine it. it. You know, the only thing you're, that would
3: be special here is our DNA. Right? The reason, there's something else. And if maybe they're the ones that pushed us ahead, they might want to keep an eye on us just to see because, you know, they keep, they keep um, abducting people. We know they're taking blood and they're taking samples, so it's very possible that they're looking to see whether or not we've advanced to the point where they can interbreed with us. You know, I mean, John, look at the cow mutilations. There's been what something like thirty thousand of them in the last since the seventies, and not one person has ever been arrested. That and when crazy. they find these cows, there's no blood. Yeah. There's 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 um uh, the cuts and the things that are removed are are precision Yep. precision john
1: but the black know. helicopters so that tells you no. the military is involved with that
2: a lot of people think that it is our own people that are doing the abductions and the cow mutilations they yeah, think well, it's
3: somewhat they're using research i forget which i forget which show i was watching and they had a they had a um a veterinarian who, who performed surgeries and that and they had a, a dead cow and they asked her to you know do what they do and she couldn't do it. She just yeah. could not do it. She said, "I I don't understand how they can make these these cuts so precision and there's no blood." She said, "There should be blood everywhere." Right. But he says, "She said there is none."
1: Well, so it's done somewhere exactly. else and it dropped off, you know.
3: Yeah, but still, John, they would still ooze blood, you know. Yeah, there it's, should be some left in the body, correct? Exactly, exactly. And there's none, John. Like this. This see, this is what makes life. This is what you and I do, John. This is what makes life fun, doesn't it?
1: yeah you know because we disagree on a lot but it the yeah. the phenomenon is still there you know it's still there exactly it's still happening yeah. even though we disagree on the origin of it you yeah know? exactly. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this this week you know, you know you look at the ufo field right uh you've got cattle mutilations which i view as evil right you also have abductions which are traumatic and mostly evil because they keep coming back and you can't stop them it's a form of slavery you know, but then you got crop circles, and that's considered in the UFO field, but they, oh. they're kind of fun. So where the, where the hell do crop circles get in the middle of this mix? You got crop mm-hmm. circles with all this evil stuff, and then you got these men in black that are like awkward. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they stumble around like androids, you know. Right.
0: I mean, that's I a mean, good I mean,
1: question.
0: Gravity well, well, differently than us, John. Say what Do <laughs> the uh men in black exactly. <laughs> was that again sean uh do um men in black exist don't know you don't Don't know know. never never seen one i don't know okay i'm so brand new to ufo so i'm just sitting back and enjoying this yeah
1: but i was thinking i was thinking about that with all these people all these aliens you know that they say there's 176 races and all of that. For it, I said, why don't you just go to get an asteroid, go to the next planet, get all the stuff you want. The only thing here that would be different is our DNA. That's the only thing that would yeah. be different to come here as opposed to the closest planet well, or moon
3: to you. You know what, John? You know one of the things, um, and I, again, I've talked to a couple of the guys from from MUFON and like you know Nick Redfern and that. And um, I asked him, I said, do you think? <coughs> when they abduct these people that there's only one group of beings that are doing it, but they're telling these people, they're, they're planning in their mind that they were abducted by the greys. They were abducted by the Nordics. They were abducted by the, the reptilians. reptilians and they planted in their mind because let's face it, people start getting together and they start talking and you start interviewing them. And all of a sudden this one sees this, this one sees that, this one sees that. And it's so confusing. It'd be a perfect way to hide in plain sight. Speaking, yeah. of hide, speaking of hiding in plain sight, John, two years ago, we were down at the lake, and all of a sudden, over the trees, we saw these three white lights come up over the trees. And they they go, went up about, I don't know, 1,000 feet maybe, and they stopped. And the middle light kept pulsing, flashing. And it turned to its side, and then it started moving with the, with the, uh, the, the middle light flashing. There was no red lights, no green lights, no um, uh, moving against the wind. OK, silent. And later we found a guy down at the, the wastewater plant where I worked and he would not go on the record. But he said, I saw it come out of the water. Yeah. Describing oh. it. it was about 60 feet long, maybe 35, 40 feet wide. But he had seen it come out of the water. What a perfect place to hide, isn't it? Mm, yeah. we've, only, we've only explored five percent of the of the oceans and lakes. And Right. Well, you know, perfect place to hide.
1: Well, remember in MUFON, we had that one uh, field investigator. He was an attorney. He's the one that actually helped us do the uh, 501c3 so that PA Mufon's a nonprofit. But he wrote that book on the orange orbs, and he identified five spots in the country. He went through all of the cases in MUFON that had mm-hmm. orange orbs, and one of them was out of uh, Lake Erie. One was over by Miami. One was on the other side by Tampa. And then there was one by Catalina Island off of Los Angeles. And I think the other one was a little further north up the California
4: coast. We saw one and we witnessed uh, an orb. I called it red, but yeah. it would fall in that category of color yeah. uh, right over Lake Erie, right down you know, six blocks from us here. Um, and it, we watched it. And it was wasn't moving a lot. Mm. But it was there. It was relatively small. And we're watching it. And then it faded out. And I said, Oh, it's gone. And then in a split second, it reappeared way down lower yeah. in a split yeah. second from here to here. Yeah, I, don't know,
1: I don't know why they, they categorize red or orange. I mean, yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking at Fred's uh, hoodie there that he wears in his neighborhood, and it looks pink to me. Is that oh, pink?
0: It's red. Let's see what yeah. I mean? Pink, you're pink, pink, red John, red okay. Red. <laughs> Kathleen, Fred, I have a question. Pink, red, why do you red. think why do you think there's a lot of uh, UFO activity up in Erie? Is why do you think that? The lake. Uh, the lake.
4: I think the lake has something to do with it. Uh okay. and more people we've got we've had a really good summer with heat, quite a bit of rain, but people are outside. And they're looking up, you know, yeah. and we've got, there's no mountains or anything. It's it's a good location, but I think the lake has a lot to do with it. Yeah.
0: So there is an underwater, do you believe there's an underwater base that could be there? There, there,
3: there could be.
4: There could be. There could we be. don't know that could for sure, familiar, but whether or whether they're attracted over the water. Okay. Well, you
3: know, you were talking about orbs. Tell them about the, the, the doorbell cam.
4: Oh, well, we, we had a case who sent us videos from their doorbell cam mm-hmm. and they were white orbs. Uh, there was no wind and it was clear out. You, we could tell the weather was good. And these orbs <laughs> moved in variety of, of directions in the same, in the same uh, video, one would come this way and go up and out. Another one would come from here and go up and out. And uh, she she wondered what they could be. And bugs.
0: Were bugs?
4: No, they were bugs. They moved very slowly, and you watched it the whole way. Bugs kind of flip by. I know what you're talking about. The bugs. Yeah. They kind of flip by. But this was slow moving, and we watched it go out of sight. Slow moving, and we watched it go out of sight.
0: Was it I, pulsating?
4: Was bugs.
0: What about the house?
4: the house had a history this this why this one went more into the paranormal with the orbs and that but the house had a history it used to be a funeral home and the pre- people that lived there one was a median me,
3: median medium, medium. Yeah, medium.
4: medium. <laughs> she was a median medium. yeah she
3: wasn't well done she was a medium
4: <laughs> and <laughs> um, and she the woman was wondering whether that had any residual you know and it could have been related to that she said she wasn't afraid and it didn't bother her she just found them the video she sent us two different nights and uh of the video and she just wondered whether we knew what it was or could say what, what it might have been mm-hmm. so we we got we have different category categorizations that we label uh cases that we get and one of them is four orbs uh unknown other and that would be the orbs or anything There's a lot of people think those orbs are spirits too yeah. you know yeah. yeah that's the way she was going because of the history of the house too yeah. you know but that's the category we put them in because we wouldn't know where else to put just orbs you know
1: you know uh, going back a little bit to you brought up underwater uh usos uh, su- underwater submerged objects in in that article I was telling you about by Lou Elizondo, when we started the show towards the end, you know, it's funny when you talk to all the people in this group. Now they shy away. When you talk about aliens from space, I, I haven't heard one of them say aliens, extraterrestrials. Right. But he, what he says towards the end of this article, after he wants to destroy UFO investigators and organizations and all of that. He said, it's, you're going to find out that what this really is, these unidentified objects are our neighbors. And he doesn't hmm. explain what that means. It, you know, that they, they imply and they're not from space. So, you know, the only other thing I can think is, you know, you, you have, there's a whole bunch of theories on where these come from. You either have that hollow earth of a civilization that lives sub, terrain Uh, under the ground or you got a you know a a group that lives under the ocean like the Atlantis people that maybe they grew gills maybe they were always amphibious and maybe there's something under the ocean because when you think about it Fred you said only five percent of of the ocean's been explored well the only thing that we do is we have trade routes right if you're going from Chile, you know, from from Brazil to Africa, you go a straight route. You're not going all the way down here. Nobody is in that bot that area around Antarctica. There's no trade routes. There's no ships. There's no flights. Who knows what's under there? You know, right. you go where the plane routes are and the ship routes are, and that's the only place you go. <laughs> you know? John, you know,
3: you know about the Peary Reese map. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, if, if the other two people here don't know about them. Piri map is a map that was put it was was made in the 16th century no, the the early 17th century and what it shows it shows the coastline of Africa the coastline of South America and the coastline of Antarctica the mm-hmm. thing is it's an aerial view cuz it's mm-hmm. shown from above and there was there hasn't been ice on the on the, the Arctic uh, 10,000 years ago there was no ice there Huh. So yeah, the they can make is, they where, can make where,
1: maps where, from ships from going around. It doesn't have to not be view, not, an aerial view.
3: John. Not an aerial view. This is they're looking down, and if you look at this map, there it 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 looks like a satellite photograph. Yeah.
0: What's the name of the map? Perry Here
3: Reese. P i r e i s, I believe it is. P
1: i r i r e i s. Perry Reese. The, yeah. He yeah. was a Turkish uh, captain. Yeah, But he yeah. said he drew the map, or he, however he got it, it was made from older maps from other people in other countries, and it, they compiled it in, into yeah. uh, this one. But, you know, there's a lot of people who don't believe, and I'm one of them, that, you know, these ice ages lasted for 100,000, you know, however long they lasted, 10,000 years, you know. There's a lot of people who believe that these things are actually fairly rapid. That you know, when you have this climate change, which is natural, you know, uh, the the temperatures rise and then you have ice ages follow. But these things are fairly quick, they're not, they don't take like this. You know, the scientists trying to tell you now that you know, this the the ice age was there for whatever 20,000, 30,000 years. No, there was it was probably there for five, 600 years. And I'm gonna believe, I'm
3: gonna believe the guys that have those degrees. I'm, In not. Science and, yeah, you know, I, I'm not because
1: they have an agenda. They absolutely have an agenda. One is to get their grant money. And two is always to prove that creation's not true. That's the science. When you look at historical science, not medical science that helps people today, historical science, their goal is always to prove the earth is older than the Bible says. And that creation is not true. That is job one for them.
3: It is older than the Bible says, John.
1: Well, I don't think so. On, I, think, I think it's six thousand years old. Oh, cow. I think David Hope has
2: a question. Oh, they're, what they're, are they're, your thoughts they're, on, they're, on they're alternate on. universe? To... Fred and
1: um, <sighs>
3: Kathleen? Uh, Alternative
1: universe. Well, you said there's other dimensions, right?
3: Yeah, I I think there are, but you know, again, I'm just going on what I've heard. I have no, you know, experience with it. And um, another thing was is time travel. You know, I've, we've heard people say that they believe that UFOs are, are time travelers. Well, there's a problem with time travel.
1: What's that? The
3: problem is, is that you can't have any contact with whatever you're going to visit because you could change the the um, the timeline. You know, like, for example, if you went back in time and killed your grandfather, you can't do that because then you wouldn't exist to go back and kill your grandfather.
1: Or it creates a split and there's two futures then. These are these alternate universes it, it where be, you're uh, alive with your grandfather, but then you're no the longer alive and that whole line was cut out and it's a different future. You know, yeah. that James Krug, you know Krug, Krug, James Krug. Gotcha. Yeah, he was on the show. And, you know, uh, uh, that's what he said, you know, about the time travel. It's possible, but it creates two paths then. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's well, you know, uh, Michio Kaku, uh, he says there's eleven universe, eleven uh, dimensions, dimensions, right? But then they they try to tell you that like our universe, like let's figure a balloon, there are other universes all around it. Like there's a bunch of, you know, like you go to a birthday party, you got all these balloons, each one of them is a universe too. I mean, some of the things that the physicists come out with is just I guess that's quantum physics, and they can make up anything they want and say it could yeah,
3: be. it's theoretical, John. They're yeah, just, it could be just theories, and they're you know what, what's that old saying? We're going to throw these up against the wall and see which one sticks. Yeah, yeah. You no, know?
1: Fred. Uh, one thing I got an issue with is you know when you talk about all these aliens visiting Earth, right? You look at what COVID just did, right? You get this virus, and you got I don't know how many millions of people died around the world. But, uh, and remember War of the Worlds, which was a cool book, the way mm-hmm. we killed the Martians was bacteria and viruses, you know, yeah. once well, they-
3: we, we didn't kill them, they just contracted them. Once they got here to earth, they were yeah. exposed to them. They, they had exposed. to exposed,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So my question is, you know, and if really, if you look at this scientifically, if you got all these aliens coming here, they, they, first of all, they probably wouldn't look like so many of them have two arms, two legs. They, they look too human in appearance, but their world would have a whole different set of bacteria and viruses. Their physiology would be different. Mm-hmm. How do they come here like they do? And, you know, and some of them are seen in some spacesuits suits and helmets and others are just walking around aliens. How do they survive here? You know, it, it's something that to me doesn't make a lot of sense. How do they survive with all of the germs and viruses on earth?
3: Well, John, you know the greys, okay? And you mm-hmm. uh, and you're very familiar with them.
1: If it, it, so, they, is they, Sean his beard?
3: <laughs> they, uh, these these beings they they have no genitals, they have no anal opening. Mm-hmm. How can they reproduce?
2: How do you know? Are you that close to one?
3: I'm just saying I'm from the from the people the people's people's descriptions of them.
2: Okay? they said there wasn't. Maybe no. they had. Maybe that but was a suit. Is,
3: the, the thing is, they might be they might be biological probes they might be biological robots which means the the the, the beings who send them don't care whether we get them or not it's not going to tell us anything about them they're simply well, going to, they're, simply, good, they're simply running program that's a good point fred
1: because then you, what you're saying is the aliens that come here are more androids doing a job yeah. because and I, i've said that too is that if you got to make this long trek and who knows how long it takes You know, are they really going to go and go through 10 generations on a ship? And just look at this country. You go through 10 generations and your great 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 grandkids don't believe in what you believed in. So they're going to get here and not want to cooperate. Right. So but Mm -hmm. if you're sending a robot Android type thing that's programmed, then they come here for a mission and leave. And then the bacteria and viruses don't bother them.
3: You know, don't affect them. Exactly. Exactly.
1: That's a good answer, Fred. I did not think you were that smart oh wow.
3: <laughs> your earphones are too tight John here they are
1: there's father in my one ear
3: over here it's getting all red <laughs> uh, so Sean and, and Jen can you see how how we work really well together because we oh, have yes. we have different we have different viewpoints but we're able to put them together and come up with something that we both agree on yeah mm-hmm. well, you
1: know one minute I pray for him the next minute we're in Erie, and I want to push him into traffic
3: Oh my! That explains a lot, John.
0: It does. It does. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So, where could somebody meet? uh, Get a hold of you, Fred and Kathleen. How can they get a hold of you? Well, you
3: get a hold of us through John.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, but if they want,
3: yeah, if you want to give them my email, yeah. uh, Go ahead, Kathleen.
4: By email is probably the best way. m t n e s t like empty nest 78 at aol.com we're old old school we're still
0: yeah old. aol still yes. exists yes it does <laughs> and oh, yahoo
1: God. yahoo oh, <laughs> Definitely. well let oh, me ask wow. you something else Fred. you know if they talk about all of these uh crashes right so you got roswell you got a bunch of them you know i think in my my one book, uh, UFOs over PA, or no, the, the case for UFOs, we documented like 33 separate crashes over the years, right? So in none of these cases did the aliens come back to retrieve the craft or the bodies. They let us have them. How is that possible?
3: Because you know, if, they're, if, they're, if they're biological probes and robots, they don't care.
1: But don't you know? they realize that's going to give us some back engineering and advance us to leave that stuff behind? You know, the Marines always say you leave no one behind. So yeah. if you you go into uh, uh, Havana uh, and and they capture a bunch, you know, you just gonna leave it. Oh, I guess I guess we left all our stuff in Afghanistan, right? We <laughs> we, we left it all there, you know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they
1: wanted us to have it. Yeah. As a way to help us advance.
3: Exactly. As a way to help us without actually
1: hands on. Yeah, but what about the bodies, though? To me, it's like I find it hard to believe that all of those cases where there were bodies that they didn't immediately, you know, have the mothership is in contact with these smaller craft. One goes down, they don't send. Like, I mean, there was that famous case on Lake Erie. Remember when it was frozen? And there was the there was the, the Coast Guard reported it. There was a UFO on the ice, and they could hear the ice breaking as it kind of penetrated the ice on Lake Erie, and there was something underneath that they were retrieving. I don't know if you remember that case. I did a show on close encounters out of Canada
3: with that Discovery Science. Um I, vaguely, John, I heard yeah. it a long, yeah. long time but ago.
1: But it would seem to me they would have to be close enough. To send another craft in to retrieve those bodies, you know, we're not picking them up in in ten minutes. We, years ago, we're not
3: getting there for That's the next day. A lot of probes, probes, so what? So what? We, I mean, not if, if our if, if, if our if game. our probes on Mars, if our robots stop working, we don't send somebody out to fix it. That's them. right. You know, we just
1: Yeah, them. but they know life on Mars. I mean, sure. they know they're here. And apparently, they don't have a prime directive not to interfere with more primitive uh, life forms. Because then you would be interfering by leaving us the bodies and the ships. Well,
3: well you know? unless, unless they're the ones that jumped us ahead and they're just keeping an eye on things.
1: So it's like Grandpa giving us a little extra candy and stuff like a I do time. with my grandkids.
3: <laughs> trick or treat. Yeah, trick or treat, John. Trick or
1: treat, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, we're not going to get to it, which is fine. But I got a whole bunch of stuff here on Halloween. We'll have to do it in a, in a different show, you know. Uh, know, about, I just I
3: just watched a thing on uh, on the Travel Channel about the history of Halloween. Hmm. Now you know, fascinating, just yeah. fascinating, John. Well, yeah. you know,
1: it's the Irish that brought it over, but that'll be a different. That'll be a different. Hey, one. I'm a
3: full-blooded Irishman, so thank thank That's you, your- All you got as a kid right <laughs> here, buddy.
1: That's it. <laughs> uh, uh, now let me ask you: with the abduction team, has there been any changes in what you're seeing? You know, when I started with MUFON in 98, I mean, you heard about all these abductions, there were all the famous cases, there were abduction cases called in all the time. Is there any slowdown in abductions or how about the whole fetus thing where women would have the fetus taken in the first trimester, has any of that changed? Like they're changing their MO or they've moved on, they don't have to get the women pregnant anymore?
4: Um, as far as slowing down, we, we haven't been in it since 19, so I'm not sure whether it's gone down since then, but we were in it from 16 to 19. I think that's what I had told you. And I've got four, I'm still a hard copy person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still a hard copy person. So I used to print them out so I could refer to them on the printer. Used up a lot of ink and paper.
1: Yeah.
4: I've got four two-inch binders of cases from those three years that we were on the team. And so slow down. As far as during our time, no. But the fetus, we only had one case where a woman described being taken, abducted again and being handed her baby to turn over to... Another being, hmm. and uh, but we only have one case like that. I just read that one last night, looking it over again.
1: You ever um, wonder about anybody breaking into your house to take that those binders of that information, like government hmm. people or anything? Yeah, no. you know,
3: John, I'm an I'm, eight, not, I'm an eighth degree black belt. If somebody breaks into their house, they're in trouble. I, I, but I, I, you I tell know, you, I when
1: when when, like when we did that Bucks County case and the. Airport there sent me the discs with the radar, uh-huh. and we we I sent them off to be read, and you know, and then Mufon sent it back to me from Colorado, and we had the radar of an object with no transponder. The first thing I thought about is once they know I have those discs, somebody's going to break in when I'm away on vacation, and that stuff's going to disappear, you know, because I thought that was a huge. I mean, I had real evidence there of. Matching up to a UFO with no transponder near the airport in Doylestown,
3: John. Your paranoia is showing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I, I, you know I, my favorite
4: saying was "trust no one." <laughs> trust no one. I uh, they're just up in a closet, but uh, I well, asked. Now they know. Everybody knows. Yeah, well, they'd find him anyway. Yeah. But uh, I asked uh, George about it, and but he hasn't gotten back to me. I asked him what he wanted me to do with it. I mean, I could certainly shred them. You know uh i don't know whether they have them on record i don't know what the er team they never told me what to do with them so i've I've got the well you know they make a lot of
1: those public right where people can go on and see the short version of the case without the long version right is that still public
3: it used to be public you have to
4: be a you have to be uh investigator
1: Okay, when I was there, they, and I always complained about that, is that you make these cases, they take, the, there's the short version of two lines, right, and it's the long version. They would make the short version uh, available to the public <laughs> to come look at the last 20 cases, and then you have all these talk shows and stuff, stealing all that well, stuff and making the talk show out of it. I and don't these, think that's available
4: now, but... I don't uh, think
1: it should be either. There's yeah. a lot
4: of cases that are available but with no names and stuff that you can read about bigger cases, you know, that have been in the news anyway, but I don't think you can read all of the these. No. I'm going to look into that. I'm gonna look
1: into that <clears throat> well, I'll tell you something that happened a couple of years ago, Jen, remember you had, you had Richard Lang on the show once, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Richard's my publisher and, uh, he was the star team guy and, and all of that. And he's my webmaster for my site. But, uh, down in Virginia, where he was, uh where he is still now, the state director made a, a DVD. She took like all the best cases from Mufon and put them in a DVD, right? And she didn't ask for permission. And then she she had Lang go run off like a hundred copies of them, and she was going to sell it at the Virginia uh Mufon conferences, right? And headquarters found out about it, and they told her, You got to destroy all of those. You're not. Oh, yeah. you're, you can't put all of that out there because a lot of those cases had the people's names, numbers, yeah. all yeah. of that stuff. You know, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and she, her husband is a board member at at MUFON too, I Think he so, would you know? know better.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, you would think, but uh, yeah, that's what she did. So well,
0: hey, John, we're, you know, coming...
3: we're getting near the end here. The yeah, hour. I want to have Kathy tell you about this one case of a woman who swears a UFO was following her.
4: Yes. Like we said, we go in as a skeptic, so we try and eliminate anything it could be. So we're reading this case, and she's telling us that she was in her car. It was uh, dark out, and she's going to the store, and this bright light was up in the sky. She says it was brighter than any star, and it was following her the whole way. It was following as she's driving in the car. She would stop at a light, and it stopped when she started going again it started going she pulled into the parking lot and sat there for a while and it just hovered there
1: like jupiter
4: uh-huh. <laughs> or venus,
1: venus. Yeah, we, one of
4: them. we looked it, it up and decided it was venus
1: yeah
4: um, yes. but when she came back out there it was but it was on the other side as she was going home going the opposite That's way right right, right. And well, she have, you
1: ever, out, have you ever have you have you ever looked at Venus while you're driving your car and it gives the impression it's moving with you because you're <laughs> passing trees, yeah. Yeah. you're so passing trees amazing. and
4: it's passing yeah. trees, you know? Doesn't do you the know? moon do that?
1: Too? Yeah, any object that's stationary is going to give you that same appearance, you know.
4: So I mean, it's it's easy to be fooled though. It
1: really
3: it, is. It, you don't
4: know what you're looking at up there. It, it
3: just shows you it's easy to be fooled. We uh, we were on the beach one night and all of a sudden this bright white light just are boom. And it's moving towards us. And I looked at Kathy. I go, "Well, I hope you got clean underwear on." I says, "Because I think we're yeah, going to be abducted." And yeah. here we watch it for a while, and finally, it made a slight turn, and then we could see the red and green lights on the wings. But yeah. coming, coming straight, straight at, us. at us.
4: All we saw yeah.
3: was the so it's easy. It's light. very easy to get fooled. Very but easy. What do, you,
1: what do you think about the whole abduction thing of taking people against their will, coming back whenever it wants to, and you can't stop them? And, and, you know, and then, you know, women talking about fetuses and lost pregnancies. I mean, what? I mean, how is that a good thing? That Ray God. Hernandez of that free group, I got in a big argument with him. He said it was a it's a good thing to be abducted. It changes your worldview. I told him, take your grandkids, put them up for abduction, see if it's better than public school. <laughs> you know, I said, how is that good? That's what I told him. Yeah, <laughs> right. How it is, is it good? Uh, to me, it's very easy <laughs> is what goes no, on. It's a, it's a
3: form of slavery, actually. I mean, can you imagine waking up and there's these three beings standing at the end of your end of your bed? What would you do? Batman? What would you mean, do? Yeah. Well,
2: what we're gonna do you leave do, it at right? that, guys. But um I thank Let you. Me Cap- say this.
3: Thank thing you very much do, for letting us do this. Thank you. Thank the you for having us. You call
1: upon thank you. Jesus and those three things leave, and I'll leave you with that in your Geritol. <laughs> See you
2: thank you so much thank for you. joining us thank tonight you. Thank, thank you,
1: you, for nice meeting you. you take care. thanks for being on okay thank you oh, <laughs> <your Geritol>.
3: oh. <laughs>
1: that was interesting yeah i didn't think i didn't know if we were going to have enough material for two hours i thought we got an hour and we got two hours out of it so yeah, we have ten. I minutes get along left. good with them. I disagree with their no God thing. I absolutely believe in God, you know. But you know, it is what it is. I've converted a number of people in the field, though. I just got to tell you that I, I've got a number of people now who are seeing things my way. That this alien thing is not. It is the most malevolent thing there is. Now, whether they're yeah, that's how I feel. Whether they're interdimensional malevolent beings or they're demonic or whatever ain't nothing good to this. There's nothing good to, about it, you know?
2: That's what I believe in too. Cause I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't even want to go I, there. I'm, conf-
0: I'm confused. I, I, I'm not confused. I, some of the guests that we bring on, right. I, I, I'm like totally lost. So I sit back yeah. and, and I try to understand what they're saying and they were, you know, they were decent guests, and they were mentioning names that I've never heard of. Books. Yeah, that you never have heard to be
1: of. in. You have to be in the UFO field. To, you could get a PhD in ufology. There is so much information. As a matter of fact, it's the second most looked-up thing on the internet is UFOs. Oh and well, there's so well, many stories, and and a lot of them are made up, and and you know they're just not true.
2: Well, I'll, I think I'll, a lot of it's made up. I mean, I agree.
1: It is. Well, if I mean, you just think about it, Jen, if you look at all the different scenarios of they're from space, they're interdimensional, they're us from mm-hmm. the future. Uh, they're from under the ocean. They're demonic. They're this. They're that. I, I I put it in one of my books. It's like nine different versions. You know, we're in a computer program like the Matrix. So, OK, only one of them is going to be true. So that mm-hmm. means like 90% of all the stories are not true. <laughs> They're not true because all of that stuff conflicts with itself. If I people, just want to know how many people all be true.
2: are on medication <laughs>
1: that right. says that they see these things. I just well, you know what's funny? Joe Rogan years ago, and, and I I wrote an article on this for Mufon, he said that uh when he had he had his podcast, you know, and I'm going back to probably 2015, mm-hmm. uh, he said that people with abductions and this whole alien thing are on drugs or they're hallucinating or they're dreaming, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I at the time I said, Joe, you should stick with the UFC and not UFOs. Now, as UFOs get more popular and this group comes out with Elizondo and Tom DeLong and all of that, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan completely changes his view because he's got these people on his show now and now he's a believer in UFOs and aliens you know so you know i think some of it is for ratings and like like uh coast to coast i mean they'll say the most outrageous things on on that show but it's interesting how joe rogan completely switched and now he's a ufo believer because he gets good ratings on it you know
2: no oh, i believe in ufos i just don't know if well, i believe there. in There's all these out. these people that see these these entities that have these strange obscure names that like Ashtar and it's
1: yeah. like it's like a yeah. fairy
2: tale stuff that you the you contact, know like aside sci yeah. movie
1: yeah, yeah. the contactee movement in the 50s That's a yeah, lot of Yeah I mean and anytime somebody talks about Venus how can Yeah you it's from like Venus it's so Venus is, it. Venus if you will
2: you know it's yeah,
1: like I mean come on they can't they can't be from Venus you know um, <laughs> i mean
0: thank I you for the compliment sebastian i appreciate yeah, it thank Thanks, you
1: sebastian. thank yeah, you it was a good discussion but you know but the thing is it is real is something is going on the people see what oh yes see, definitely and the ufo is real but what's the origin of it and that has never been explained you know and i, I lean more and more to the interdimensional and shape-shifting that same thing that could be a bigfoot one day or alien the next day could be the ufo in the sky it's a shapeshifter or it materializes energy and it can only stay there for so long cuz it takes so much you know power and energy to manifest that you know
2: yeah and i, I would like to do a show specifically on that there's um the encounters over the white house in the what was it the 40s 50s um 52 yeah. I'd like to do a show on that because
1: what were they? I mean,
2: Yeah, so many people saw, it, but what were they? I mean, yeah,
1: there were nine Nine of them moving over the white house yeah. in uh, July of 52. And of course, blue book, I don't want to ruin your show. He's blue book said it was, uh, uh, the reflection of streetlights. It's nah. not, <laughs> You can look at you could look at the video of them moving across the yeah, sky. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't,
2: it at, wasn't at,
1: that. at a certain angle. You're going to lose those lights. They're going to disappear if they're mm. like heat inversions. It, you know? it wasn't.
2: it was. I mean, maybe they thought there was, but oh, to me, and, it
1: looked like. And that's why you know, with this new group saying that the the naval scientists should conduct the UFO investigations and tell us what it is. Well, isn't that what they did with Blue Book? And it was all BS is what it was. It was blue yeah. BS.
2: <laughs> I really liked that show on the, um, was it the History Channel? Oh, a couple of years ago, three years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, I wish yeah. they wouldn't have canceled it because I thought it was really I good. Agreed. I agree.
1: I bought the DVDs off the History Channel. I love that show. It was, yes. they changed the storylines, but it still made a good story out of it. They didn't follow the original cases, you know, but it, Yeah, I, it was great. a great story. I just watched I it a couple of months ago. I watched the 20 episodes. It was really good. Yeah,
4: and we're going
1: to have uh, Alan Hynek's son at Philadelphia in Bucks County uh, in oh, May. Wow. So we're going to ask him all those questions about the show, why they cancel it you know yeah, why did definitely. they change the storylines but you know that's hollywood you know even with Hangar one we would give them the case file and then all of a sudden they're showing some different stuff that wasn't in it you know and saying some things that weren't in the case file but yeah they have to they have to make it entertaining you know yeah
2: that's what they have to do
1: and that's what that Think, is what they do
2: <laughs> speaking of entertaining i hope we have a good show next week and i Get a, get
0: a hold of some
2: it. guests. We haven't have anybody yet. I haven't been able to do that lately. I've been really busy getting the house. Being in grandma,
0: life. you're being. And grandma, being grandma.
2: Well, do, it's uh, fun being
1: do something with the ghost line because I'm not on next week.
2: Okay, okay. definitely.
1: <laughs> I'm going. Through, yeah, you're going to so, have okay. to let us know when you're on, John. So yeah, that's uh, I, the, don't do aliens next week. Is what I'm no, saying. No, we
2: but, won't do. We, we won't I say be, the aliens for
1: you. Yeah, I'm we'll save all the week.
2: demonic things for That's you. It.
1: Aliens and demons. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna make a TV series, Aliens and Demons.
2: There you go. That'll there be you. fun.
1: <laughs> it would be. I got a lot of great ideas for that too.
2: I know you do. You do. <sighs> well, we're gonna we're gonna call it a night, but thank you so much for joining us tonight on Chasing Prophecy. And make sure if you think you'd be a great guest, drop us a line, direct message Sean or myself, or even John Venturi and see if you'd like to be on the show. So until then, you guys have a great night.
0: Good night, everyone.